Another big weekend in Big Ten sports. We've got coaches taking shots at the conference. We've got transfer portal news from around the country. We've got a whole lot to talk about here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every single day of the week. I'm Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we've got the latest in from the transfer portal. The top guys are starting to pick their places. Who has won already early in the offseason in the Big Ten? Also, later on, Kevin Willard, head coach of Maryland basketball, had some harsh words for the Big Ten regarding its scheduling. We'll take at least a little bit of a look into exactly what he's talking about later on to wrap up the show. First, we're going to start out, of course, with all of the news from over the weekend in the Big Ten. Before we do that, though, a reminder that today's episode is brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidate you want to talk to fast. If you have an open position, then you know you want to get it filled fast. And LinkedIn has the most people out there for you to choose from, so you can go and make sure you're getting the perfect person for your job. Head on over to linkedin.com slash locked on college right now to hear what I'm talking about. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to get started and post your job for free, for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on college. All right, let's dive into the latest news from around the Big Ten. Be sure to follow the show wherever it is you get your podcasts at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end, not T E N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports. In news from over the weekend in the Big Ten, uh, TCU has had all sorts of reports coming out over the weekend about just interviews they've been doing. They've gotten there a couple of days earlier than Michigan did, so the media that are there. They're talking to TCU. The latest story out, TCU expect Michigan to run the ball, quote, no matter what, in the upcoming college football playoff semifinal. We'll learn more about, of course, that game leading up to it. But big reports coming out on what's going on between TCU and Michigan in that game, of course. In other news, uh, Kari Crump, he was a Michigan, Michigan State brawl participant. He has agreed to a plea deal in the case in that Michigan-Michigan State tunnel after the game incident. All charges will be wiped from his record after he finishes probation in that agreement. Uh, He was the player most harshly charged for that incident. Let's just at least for now hope that this is that being all decided and done with and that everyone learns from whatever it is that this ended up I mean, I I can't take any positives away, but you hope that you learn from your mistakes and just move on, I guess. Uh, In other news, Penn State's Juice Scruggs has declared for the NFL draft. He has said that he will play in the Rose Bowl with the Nittany Lions, though. So good news, Nittany Lions going pro. Better news, he's still going to play in the Rose Bowl game, too, if you're a fan. Uh, I was apparently cutting ties with its NIL collective. This is a weird one. Uh, Reported over the weekend by one of the leaders of the Swarm, which is the Iowa Hawkeyes leading NIL collective, he said he had been informed by the school that it will no longer getting any support from school officials or the athletic department. Uh, This is really, really weird. Just because everyone's embracing NIL right now. I mean, even if you don't want to, even if Kirk Ferentz doesn't like it or somebody else, Fran McCaffrey, doesn't like it in Iowa, 
you kind of just have to embrace that these players are getting a whole bunch of money and you have to get in on that train. Iowa was in on that train, of course, with the swarm. And one of the leaders of the group posted that they had had all sorts of things planned with the university and would have been working with the university. And then all of a sudden over the weekend got notification that that was just going to stop, that they were done cooperating with what the NIL collective was doing. And I have no idea why. Um, this move, of course, makes no sense as far as trying to get an advantage in recruiting or anything else, really. Uh, I've looked and found a couple of potential rumors as to what may be going on and why this happened. But even in reading those kind of things, nothing solid, of course. I'm not saying I know any sort of inside people inside, but nothing solid from what I've read, just looking around and also with what I've read, even the reasoning in those little trying to figuring it out makes no sense. No sense at all. There's no reason for you to be doing this. You should be accepting all the NIL money you can. It's free help. It's free money that people are just wanting to throw at you. This is something you should, to be honest, be used to if you're a college football coach or anything else. I have no idea why this is happening. And we'll have to talk to Locked On Hawkeyes to see if there's some sort of better idea that he can give us. But at least right now, this makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. You should be all for the NIL, at least while things are a Wild West situation still. And there's really no rules behind any of it. You should be embracing everything. So it makes no sense. But we'll hopefully find out more about this as the week starts up. Because this at the very least, does not seem like something that the Swarm, the group, is wanting to be quiet about. So we'll hear at least from them a little bit more, I would expect, and maybe we'll get locked on Hawkeyes and Trent Condon back in here too to talk more about that as well. Uh, in other news, Ryan Day says that he says the program, or quote, I know the program is in a great place right now. He pushed aside any thoughts that there's any sort of downfall or anything like that. Uh, Michigan fans love that, of course. And that's really the biggest thing you could take away from here. I mean, obviously, Ryan Day is going to say that the program's in a great place all the time. Even if he is changing the things that he's doing in the offseason and how he goes at recruiting and making all sorts of adjustments, as far as what he says in front of the media, yeah, it's going to be, of course, everything's going the way that we want it to go. Everything's no problems at all. Blank, blank, this many days since our last accident. It's a perfect program here at Ohio State. That's what he says to the public, but... If there's things going on inside that he's changing big time, I wouldn't be surprised, of course, after losing to Michigan for the second straight year. But at the same time, even by just saying this again, Michigan fans love it. Michigan fans love the idea that losing to the Wolverines for the second time in a row means that the program's exactly where Ryan Day wants it. He loves the idea that Ryan Day and Ohio State just think that they're still so much higher than Michigan that they would not have to change anything and just would get back to the winning ways naturally. I'm not saying that's what Ryan Day actually thinks. I don't think that's what Ryan Day actually thinks. But I am saying that if you're just a Michigan fan looking at that headline, it's just absolute... It makes you smile. It's exactly what you want after having to suffer in this rivalry for so, so long. Something like Ryan Day saying, hey, I'm really happy where things are right now. After losing twice to Michigan. It seems like where you are is right where Michigan wants you. To be completely honest. Moving on. 
Indiana basketball, in just recapping things over the weekend, survived a scare against Kennesaw State. It was 27 all at halftime. Hoosiers did end up pulling away at the second half, 69 to 55, the final score in that game. Trace Jackson Davis out for the second straight game. Indiana looked even more lost, at least in that first half, without him. And again, Kennesaw State keeps things close for at least the first 20 minutes. Rutgers did also beat up on Bucknell on Friday, final score 85 to 50, a score that honestly, is more like what you should be seeing when these Big Ten teams play up against these smaller schools. Also, Wisconsin was scheduled to play over the weekend. Big Storm ended up canceling that matchup. As far as bowl schedule this week, big matchups, of course, all week long. Wisconsin kicks off the Big Ten bowl season tomorrow against Oklahoma State. On Thursday, Minnesota against Syracuse in the Big Apple in the Pinstripe Bowl. On Friday, Maryland is against NC State, and then on Saturday, you've got Iowa against Kentucky, and of course, the two college football playoff semifinal games on Saturday, too. Not this week, something to note. Uh, New Year's Day games are not happening on New Year's Day, at least not all of them, uh, not the Big Ten ones. Rose Bowl is going to be on Monday, Citrus Bowl is going to be on Monday with Purdue and uh, Penn State, and of course, that being just because, well, New Year's is on a Sunday here, and the NFL is on Sunday, too. We'll be back here with more on the transfer portal on Locked On Big Ten. Going to take a look at who's winning and losing early here. The schools from Michigan doing pretty well. Meanwhile, some other schools have lost some players that may end up making a big impact. But again, the big theme here is that it's really early in this process still. And a lot of names still have to either declare for the portal either, even, or declare where they're going next season too. So we'll get into that in just a minute right here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do though... LinkedIn Jobs is the place to go for any of your hiring needs. If you have an open position, you should go over to LinkedIn Jobs to make sure that you can find the right person for it. LinkedIn Jobs has the LinkedIn network, which is everybody in the social professional network LinkedIn that, of course, gets notified to LinkedIn Jobs. And you can get those people at your company by heading over to LinkedIn Jobs and getting your job posted for free with the help of us here at Locked On. All you have to do is head on over to linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege and sign up and post your job for free. It's that easy. Head on over to linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege, see a little bit what we're talking about, and post your job for free. You can find the people who want to talk to faster, easier than ever before at LinkedIn Jobs. The place to go for finding the people who want jobs, people who are on LinkedIn, are the people who care about their careers and want to do a good job at the position you have open. Head on over again to linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. A reminder that once you are done here, make your second listen of the day. Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day at the end of it too. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts as well. The Big Ten offseason hasn't even started for most of the conference's teams, but there is still a whole lot going on at the start of the mini offseason here in bowl season with the transfer portal. A whole bunch of players have already declared that they will be headed to it. A whole bunch of players have already committed their names to other schools, too. And a reminder here, before we get into any of these names that are already claimed, a whole bunch of players are still going to be entering the transfer portal, too. 
Maybe they're not huge, huge big names. Maybe they're not any as big quite as some of the names we have already. But it's still going to change a lot, a lot here. But I did want to take a quick look as the dust kind of settles on where are some of the top players that we have, at least right now, heading next season. I want to start, of course, at the top. If you're looking at the transfer portal rankings, we are, at least right now, looking at Rivals.com because they have a full transfer portal tracker there that's really nice and rankings on everybody that's in the portal, whether they've committed or not. So they have just a whole bunch of lists, kind of like any other recruiting system with star players. Travis Hunter was the only five-star player. He's transferring from Jackson State to follow Deion Sanders to Colorado. But you now have also with it a whole list of players who have new homes, and we're going to look at where the Big Ten stacks up with all of this, too. The highest Big Ten player even mentioned in these rankings is already really high. Number five overall transfer candidate in the country right now, according to rivals, Deshaun McCullough. Linebacker, defensive lineman, he switched from Indiana before, a guy who was a big get for the Hoosiers. I remember when he committed, it was something like Hoosiers were talking about this is one of the guys that can be a big impactor. He was a four-star recruit, at least in these transfer rankings. He's headed to Oklahoma, which I think is another testament to kind of like just how good of a get that was for Indiana at the time. Four-star kind of guy. Getting to the in Bloomington. Played well in his freshman season. Played all 12 games. Tallied 49 tackles. He had four sacks too. He was making a name for himself in this season early on, in this Hoosier uniform early on. But that wasn't enough to keep him there, and he goes to Oklahoma. Big loss for the Hoosiers. Moving on, number seven player in the portal, Tunmise Adelier. He ends up committing to Michigan State, heading from Texas A&M. Guy who did not get a lot of playing time with the Aggies. Uh, played in two games this season, six tackles after he redshirted back in last season, 2021. Also, we have a guy from way back when. This is technically something they still listed in the transfer portal rankings. And I thought about being like, oh, well, this doesn't count, but I'm actually going to include him here. Ken Talley, a guy who was originally committed to Penn State in the recruiting class of 2022, gets there and goes to the Nittany Lions for the summer camps, then in August goes into the transfer portal, committed to Michigan State way back in September. If you're a Penn State or Michigan State fan, you might already know all this stuff. But the point is, he is still right now top 25 player in this transfer portal rankings. He is still a big get for Michigan State next season. And even better, he's been practicing with the team this time. So if you ask me, this is a guy that's more than just a talented player, more than just a big transfer get. But while I was thinking about, oh, he might not even count just because it's not something that happened recently. No, 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 no. This counts even more. This is a guy who's kind of just waiting for his turn here, saw something he didn't like at Penn State, whatever it was, or saw a better opportunity somewhere else, and ends up at Michigan State, where he is at least right now confident, at least you would think. I mean, he's not in the transfer portal again. So he's sticking it out with Michigan State, going to be there as a guy who counts as part of this transfer class, but also has a whole bunch of experience with the Spartans already. So uh, whether or not you want to count that as one of the transfer portal players here, when you're looking at what teams are getting, you can decide for yourself. But I mean, he's someone who's going to be an addition to the football field through the transfer portal next season. And he's going to be a big, big player for Michigan State, I suspect, too, at least at some point, if not immediately as a freshman. Uh, the number 30 player in these rankings, Ernest Hausman, has flipped also from two Big Ten teams. From Nebraska to Michigan. Uh, did really well in Nebraska this season. All 12 games, 54 tackles, one sack. 
earns himself the right to get to a bigger school if he wanted, or at least earn Michigan's interest. He wanted to go to Michigan, ends up there. Number 38 player, four-star defensive back Avante Williams from Miami to Maryland. Big get for the Terrapins. Nine tackles and an interception in 11 games with Miami as a sophomore. One of the older players in the transfer portal that we've talked about at least so far. It's been a whole lot of freshmen that have been coming through too. Uh, The number 40 player, four-star linebacker Josiah Stewart. This is a big one. Going from Coastal Carolina to Michigan. And if he can get that game to translate from the mid-major level up to the Michigan level, That's going to be a big gift for the Wolverines. This guy, 16 tackles for loss and 13 sacks as a freshman two years ago. Last season, I I guess, cooled down a little bit, a little bit this season. Uh, 36 tackles, 10 of them for loss, three and a half sacks. This guy's been a monster at Coastal Carolina. I would have ranked him higher in these rankings as far as transfer transfer portal players go. And I think he's someone who can be an impact player if not right away with Michigan, once he gets acclimated to things and gets used to Big Ten football week in and week out, that's something I think can be a big, big role player for Michigan at the very, very least. If not a star on this team, he's going to be someone who can contribute, no doubt about it. And that's not something you can say about all of these guys or even some of the top guys that we've talked about here in this portal already. Moving on. Corey Collier, number 42 player in the portal rankings right now. Four-star DB heads from Florida to Nebraska. Matt Rule getting himself a player after losing one that we mentioned earlier. Four games played, one tackle as a sophomore at Florida. Did not get a whole lot of playing time with the Gators. Rule is hoping he can get him into shape here with Nebraska. As far as as a whole... Winners from this early part of the transfer portal, I think the two teams in Michigan are big. Michigan State's gotten a few players. We went in on a little bit Ken Talley already, but there's been a couple of different guys like that that they've been able to get, as well as who they've gotten most recently. That's something that's, I think, really, really going to be able to help them next season. And Michigan's done really well, too, picking up guys from big schools like Nebraska, small schools like Coastal Carolina. Seems like Jim Harbaugh's really starting to embrace this transfer portal thing early and often as well, too. And of course, Michigan's not even close to done with their season yet, too. Hopefully, hopefully not close to done with their season, and they win on Saturday. We'll get to that, of course, later on in the week. Losers here. I think Penn State's one of the losers. Again, Ken Talley's a guy that they lose, but also just a couple of other players that they've lost already, I think, puts them in that one of the bigger losers category. I want to be clear, I don't think there's any huge, huge losers just yet, Uh, but one of the bigger ones also is Purdue. They lost, of course, their coach, Jeff Brom, which I think is going to lead to a lot of transfers, and one of them is Brady Allen, former four-star quarterback that Brom brought in. He is now headed to the transfer portal as well, really recently, as of just this morning, actually. So, a couple of winners, a couple of losers from across the Big Ten in the transfer portal. There's going to be a whole lot more stuff going on, and To be quite honest, if I'm missing somebody that you think, hey, we need to talk about this guy, I agree. There's a lot of names that have gone in and out of the Big Ten, even outside of what I listed here, but we only got so much time. I can't keep talking about it forever and ever. We will keep talking about it more, but it's getting one segment for me at least today. I was quite honestly overwhelmed when I started to look through and see all the names I would have had to go through to really get a comprehensive recap of what's happened so far. So we'll get more on that at some point at a later date here as more develops in the transfer portal. In a minute, we're going to talk about some Big Ten basketball and what Kevin Willer had to say about 
the scheduling for Big Ten basketball. Maryland's off to a hot start. He thinks they're overachieving, and he thinks their scheduling is hurting them. We're going to talk to that in a minute here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do that, though, a reminder that Locked On Big Ten is the place to go for all of your online sports gambling needs, whether it be to just get a bet in, to learn more about the bets you're going to place, or to make sure that you have a bet to place. It's the biggest amount of games, the biggest variety of lines, odds, and props that you can find online at BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, now that you're done with Locked On Big Ten, or going to be here in a few moments as we wrap things up, head on over to Once You're Done, Locked On Sports Today. It's your second listen every day after you're done here. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national insiders and experts. Locked On Sports Today is the podcast available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, let's wrap up everything here going on in the Big Ten. And honestly, we wrap things up with Kevin Willard really just taking some shots here. Over the weekend, uh, Kevin Willard, it may have even been more recent than that, obviously not on the Christmas. Uh, That didn't happen over Christmas. But anywho, Kevin Willard took some shots at the Big Ten. And his radio show that he does, as many coaches do in whatever local markets that they're in across Big Ten country, uh, Willard kind of went off, to be honest, on how the Big Ten scheduled his basketball games. Uh, Said he wasn't happy with just how everyone's scheduled. Of course, it's really just Maryland, but whatever. He says the conference is more focused on its football scheduling than basketball, which, yeah, that probably makes sense. I mean, football's the biggest moneymaker. If you're Kevin Willard, you've been walking around Maryland having people talk about football. If you're talking about the Big Ten for the past year or two years with the media rights and the transfers and the expansion and everything like that and the NIL. Uh, but I, I don't think that has much legs to it itself. I, Kevin Willard makes some good points. This isn't really one of them. It's not like they're low on time to figure out the schedule for the Big Ten. It's not like those two committees or whatever it is that decides them are overlapping and thinking about both things. I don't think the people sit down to make the Big Ten basketball schedule and are just riddled in their minds thinking about and distracted with the Big Ten football schedule. No, I don't think that happens. He does make some good points, though. This team is in Maryland playing three consecutive 9 p.m. start games at the end of January and beginning of February. It's two games so far that it played in the early Big Ten schedule. Both started at 9 p.m. There's a bunch of games bunched together in February. He mentioned that they play six in like 11 or 12 games. I looked at their schedules, that and it's not quite true, but I was able to find you can get like five in 10 or 11 days, four or five in that many days if you want, which still isn't great, but... They also start with five games on the road out of their first seven in the Big Ten schedule. So he makes these points, and all together I'm kind of individually saying, all right, well, that's going on the road for five of your first seven. That's something that is going to have to happen to somebody, I feel like, when you're scheduling the games. But aside from that, he does make some points. Like, is there any real reason to play that many games bunched in all together at once? Like, yes, you have to make it work for everybody, but... Can you not spread things out more? And playing three 9 p.m. games in a row. That seems like something that can be avoided. I don't know. This isn't football season, where every game has to be played on the Saturday every week, or not has to, but pretty much is played on the Saturday every week, and you got to squeeze in all the Big Ten games into the day and have to figure things out that way. It's not like that. You're more flexible. You're able to, hopefully, if you thought about it more, maybe work things out. I don't know if that's what's happening. I don't think people just aren't thinking about it, but Willard also had a decent point brought up here. 
says that, at least in the Big Ten, they're scheduling based on marketability of games. So a team like Maryland, as he cites, picked to finish bottom half of the conference in the Big Ten, gets off to a hot start. Then all of a sudden you have a team that you thought was going to be bad and you threw here and there and wherever in the conference schedule that they can fit. Yeah, Purdue's going to be really good. Purdue against IU, let's make sure that those games line up in primetime spots. Maryland's not going to be so good. Let's throw them wherever it is that works best for whatever the rest of the schedule has already been figured out to be. Obviously, he's just saying that. There's no evidence to support such a thing. But if you're putting that scenario through my head and thinking, hey, is that what happens or is that not what happens? I would believe it. If there were any evidence that did come out about it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Put the best put the best games on. Duh. He cites the Big East, Kevin Miller does, saying that this doesn't happen there. That he doesn't think that other conferences do this and other conferences are, I don't know if he thinks just dismissive or don't care or what, but he's saying that this isn't a problem that happens everywhere else. And maybe when I have the time, I'll go in and actually look at everyone's schedule and see if this kind of thing adds up. Because I'd be interested to know, do the teams that are supposed to be good in the Big Ten not get easier schedules, not easier schedules as far as who they're playing, but easier schedules as far as when they're playing them, where they're playing them, on TV, what they're going up against, even though that's not really decided by the conference. The point is, if Maryland were to be put on the back burner because there's better Big Ten games out there, I'd believe it. I get that. I just don't know if I believe it after one angry radio show rant is, I guess, the big, big point to have here. Willard finished, though, with the big jab. The one that hurts. Said he understands why there's been such a long national championship drought in the Big Ten because of things like this. Brings up a good point that it's not the players, it's not the coaches that are doing this. There's been elite players, there are elite coaches in the Big Ten. Why is it that it's been 20 plus years since they've won a national championship? Maybe it's something like this. Of course, that doesn't really add up in my head. I don't know if it really added up in Kevin Willard's head either. I don't know if he meant it to be a headline maker as it became, but I do think that he was thinking about that one all day long. He knew he was going to drop that line, and he knew that somebody he wanted to hear it would hear it. Again, I'm not saying he knew it would be a headline, but I am saying that he had frustrations. He went through and got all of those out and then took one big jab at whoever it may be. The conference as a whole, someone in particular at the Big Ten office, I don't know. The point is Kevin Willard's upset. I think he knew he was going to get into this here today. And we saw him kind of just display those frustrations over the weekend. He did say, though, and I think this is important, that he may have to start scheduling his non-conference a little bit differently. Which I think makes us a little bit more serious, or at least makes me take it a little more seriously. Because if that's true, then that's just ridiculous. And I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if that'll actually happen. I don't know if it's him just saying things because he's mad. But if we're talking about, like, okay... We talked all football season. How does the Big Ten get its two football teams into the college football playoff? That's on-the-field stuff that had to play out. If you're talking about how does the Big Ten get a national championship basketball team, it should be the -the on-the-court stuff that has to be figured out. Not the idea that Kevin Willard's going to schedule easier in the non-conference in the future just because he thinks he's afraid of how the Big Ten's going to schedule his games. Not in who they're playing. 
but in when they play them and in what fashion. And that's the kind of push and pull between a team and a Big Ten that you really, really can't have if you want to have a cohesive conference. And if you want Maryland to be a really good basketball team, you can't have their coach thinking that you're working against them. And at least that's the one thing that we can definitively say Kevin Willard does think right now. That's a look at all the news from around the Big Ten here today. A couple of notes for you. Nothing on the Big Ten schedule here for today. No Big Ten basketball back on the schedule until Thursday. But of course, we will be back with football tomorrow. And hockey's on the schedule for Tuesday, too, in the Big Ten. One recruiting note, and a pretty big one. As we close the book on the 2023 recruiting class and look to 2024, the Wisconsin Badgers pick up a big quarterback, four-star QB Mabry Matower. Commits to Wisconsin out of the Woodlands, Texas. The town is just called the Woodlands. I don't really know. Uh, Other offers from Arizona State, Arkansas, Baylor, Cal, Miami, Houston, Florida, Cincinnati, a whole bunch of others, too. Big get for the Badgers. They lose Graham Mertz. Obviously, this is a 2024 quarterback, so won't have him anytime soon. But a big get for Wisconsin under center. That's all for Locked On Big Ten today. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube, and, of course, as well on uh, Twitter, too. At Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end, not T-E-N when you're typing it out. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports. We'll be back tomorrow with more previewing that first bowl game between Wisconsin and Arizona State here on Locked On Big Ten.